Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. It's a little chilly, it's a little gray, but it's still grand and glorious as far as I'm concerned because we are in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. In the fall, what more could you ask for? The sun will shine at some point, we know that. It's not totally gone over to the other side. Next couple hours, we're going to spend a... Some time engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. Uh, We're going to discuss books, literature, and entertainment all combined together. Get to that in a minute. Uber producer Dan Peters is here with us today. As always, thanks for spending some time through your radio. Information 1000 KSOO. Perhaps you're streamed live at KSO.com or on the KSO mobile app. We take all comers here through all forms of media. Remember, you can always follow along on our Twitter account, at P. Lally Show. That's at P-L-A-L-L-E-Y-S-H-O-W, P. Lally Show. Get on the tweeters. Dan will uh, throw you some info out there during the show. You can chat with us if you'd like. It was a glorious weekend, Dan. Glorious. In the rain and the mud and the muck. And uh, up uh, out there in Iowa City. Glorious mud. Mud, glorious mud. It was muddy and just mucky and dis. But it was a World Cup event and it was uh, impressive in the mud, in the Belgian-like conditions that we love so much in the sport of cyclocross. Of course, that is bicycling in uh, grassy areas in the fall and the winter on a closed circuit with barriers that require you to dismount the bike and run. Uh, The world's best collected in Iowa City for the second of two weeks of World Cups in the United States. And uh, we're all done with that now. That is in the rearview mirror. But there are other competitions, I would imagine, in cyclocross. Not at World Cup level, but there are others to come. Cyclocross continues, Dan, including locally here on Sunday, October 21st, out at Elmwood Park, we have Elmwood Forest Cross. Uh, There's the Madville race in Madison, South Dakota, the next weekend. And then down in Lamar's, November 10-11, I believe, for Frosty Cross. So there's still a lot to go on. A couple of weeks going up to the cities probably for Green Acres, and it just goes on and on and on. But I need a break, my friend. I need a break. This old body, this old body is aching and creaking. And it needs some time off. Either with biofreeze or icy (laughs) hot treatments to go along with that. I don't use any of those fancy chemicals, Dan. I just endure the pain. Throw some dirt on it. Yes. Pain is there to... Why is it there, Dan? Well, I don't know. You've heard the no gain, no pain. No pain, no gain. Of course, yes, all of the struggles that you go through, that's just the building of the musculature. Sure it is, Dan. I don't know. It was pretty pretty rugged out there for me with the kids and such. But we had a great weekend. It was fun. Team did really well. So that's good to see. Our Parallel 44 racing, powered by Sanford Power, presented by Sanford Power, turned out really cool. Molly. Molly Clark Owen, our, you know, uh, Cat One women racer, she at fifth on Sunday. So that was awesome. Oof, man, Yee! that's impressive. Yeah, so it was good. It, uh, some heavy, heady competition down there in Iowa City. So very successful trip, but we're back now for a whole week of shows here on the Patrick Lally Show. No ditching out on Thursday night. No slipping out early on thir- on Friday. We're doing five big programs Baseball's over. Is Joe Maurer's career over? I think so. We're going to talk about that a little bit later with the uh, common man. But I was I was out and about, so I didn't get to see it. I just read about it. But it's, it was quite the thing, though, huh? Quite the uh, spectacle. Yep yeah, the the uh, environment. I think a lot of people were were kind of trending in that direction. Who knows, though? Uh, I know that the. The twins would probably not want to pay Joe Maurer a Joe Maurer rate Mm-mm. for his services. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, I think especially it, on a long term basis. I think I've always believed that the concussions um, ha- affected his sight to some degree. Now, clearly, he brought his average back the last couple of years, which was good to see. Um, but he just wasn't the 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 offensive force that he had once been. And I think those concussions hurt his eyesight. That's my theory. It's very possible. I'm, I don't know if I've really delved into how much the defensive alignments mm-hmm. that other teams deploy, if that plays a part as well. Yeah, I think it probably did. But So he apparently doubled in his last at-bat. Opposite field double. <laughs> That's just Joe Maurer yep. to a T. Yep, absolutely. Just slapping that baby to the fence in the right in uh, left center, which is impressive. And they let him catch one pitch, which is weird. I mean, I was like, one pitch? <laughs> That's a little weird. But uh, it was uh, apparently quite the event and, and, and scene. And, uh, uh, you know, good luck to Joe. That's, we, we can only hope for the best for Joe Maurer. He was, he's, been, uh, he's been good to us, Dan. And just think, he was also a quarterback prospect. That's right. And could I? I, and I very highly doubt he would have been able to last 15 years no, in the no. National Football League. No, it was better that he went into baseball. Better for everybody. Who knew he'd get a concussion playing baseball, though? Still so weird. Just I know. a knee to the helmet. He and, and he and Justin Morneau yep. both. Yep, that's with right. That, with with that ailment, that that just takes you know a whole different spin on what their careers could have been. Yeah. Justin Monroe, Monroe, Morneau, Morneau. Thank you. <laughs> See, I forgot about him already. Uh, we've got a great show for you. Jason Kurtz and Sean Lidster of a Full Circle Book Co-op are going to be here. They have a very exciting new adventure, and we've been talking to uh, Jason and Sean for a while about their plans. But now it has come full circle for the Full Circle Book Co-op. The common man is our weird friend of the day. Of course, we'll review some of the Joe Mauer uh, uh, history-making day with the common man. And I will have a PL statement just after the next break. Today's topic is this really a new deal on trade? Hmm. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Eighteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And it's time of the day for the PNL statement. When we get a little closer to free with our friends, the Bodines. In the news today, of course, uh, there's a lot in the news today. But the uh, latest is on trade. You know, it's one of my favorite topics here on the Patrick Lally Show, and uh, the president. Uh, today, talking about the uh, deal that was inked last night, the revised NAFTA, uh, which has been a goal of the president for a while. And uh, he had trouble getting Canada in on the deal, as you know. But last night, they were able to tie up all the strings on the new NAFTA, which is not called NAFTA anymore. It's called the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, or USMCA. USMCA. And it, uh, as the New York Times says, represents Mr. Trump's biggest trade achievement to date and comes after more than a year of intense negotiations. But while the United States resolved its Northern American, North American trade differences, it is still embroiled in disputes with China and the European Union. It's unclear whether Mr. Trump's pugilistic approach will work with those trading partners. Uh, the interesting thing to me here is uh, that uh, the president says, uh, that this is not NAFTA redone. It's a brand new deal, but it's it's a revision of NAFTA. <laughs> you know, uh, in large measure, it it stays uh, the same. What I don't know, and there's it's a thousand page document. All right, uh, is how this is actually going to affect markets for things in South Dakota, like oh beef, pork, corn, and soybeans, because we know Mexico is our latest large Mexico. Canada is our largest trading partner. Mexico's right up there, but Canada is our top trading partner. Uh, it's good for cheese. If you are a cheesemaker, <laughs> blessed are the cheesemakers. What did the cheesemakers ever do for us? Um, 
if you're a cheesemaker in the United States or you're in the dairy business, this appears to be a good thing. Uh, it's it, a lot of it revolves around auto. Okay. And so it, uh, the, the minimum amount of parts that have to be from, uh, uh of a car that have to be produced in the United States went from like 67 to 75%. And which is interesting. It sounds good, except that most of your, uh, so like the big three automakers, many of their top selling models, including the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the Ford Expedition, and the F-150, and the Chevy, Chevy Silverado, they already are above those levels. Uh, and some other cars that aren't are being discontinued, such as the Focus and the Taurus. No more Ford Focus. I knew the Taurus was going away. So there's still a lot that needs to be decided, uh, but it clearly is good for people in the, oh, also winemakers, the cheesemakers and the wine, the wine and cheese party continues under the uh, Usmaka, the new NAFTA, the Usmaka. So you're going to want to uh, keep, but we don't, we don't really know what's going to happen here. Um, so there's a, also part of this agreement regarding automakers is, uh, uh, is that it made alterations to rules governing automobile manufacturing in an effort to bring more car production back to the United States from Mexico. As part of the agreement, a significant portion of vehicles would have to be made by workers earning at least $16 an hour. The wage floor is intended to boost jobs in the United States and Canada, where wages are already higher than Mexico, which, you know, I guess uh, if you're an automaker, why would you move an entire plant to say Alabama and pay 16 bucks an hour um, and not just try and make your plant better down there in Mexico. I don't know. seems like it'd be fairly expensive to move a plant, but apparently the, uh, the workers down in Mexico make about four bucks an hour in some of the, in most of these plants, they average about four bucks an hour. So my, my point would be, you know, this is an opportunity to uh, make Mexico a better place right? Increase wages in Mexico over time, then maybe people wouldn't be so uh, darn uh, excited to get out of Mexico, you know, make that place a little bit better. But apparently this might drive some jobs into the United States. And that's, that's probably a good thing. Uh, I did find this interesting though. Determining whether companies comply with the wage requirement will be more complicated because one vehicle can have Parts made by dozens of different companies all paying different wages. We know that. In general, a large majority of American-Canadian auto assembly workers earn more than $16 an hour. Suppliers, especially those located in southern states, also often pay somewhat less. So they're going to have to raise wages in some of these supplier joints in the United States to get to that $16 an hour. And so that's good for people who are working in those places. The Alliance of Automobile Manufacturers, the industry's main lobbying group, said it still has to review the text of the proposed agreement, which has more than a thousand pages. But the inclusion of Canada was a major step forward. We have said all along that it is key to the United States, Mexico and Canada to maintain this agreement as a trilateral pact. The uh, the United Steelworkers were cautious because uh, they what's unresolved is whether Canada and Mexico will continue to impose the retaliatory tariffs they placed on Products like whiskey, orange juice, and chocolate. So, I you know, I would say it's good. I think this is a good development. All right, um, you know the the president, given to some hyperbole, on occasion, maybe overstating just a little bit the degree to which this is something actually new. But that's fine. You know, we knew he was going to do that, right? And as I say, we don't know what it means for us yet in South Dakota for uh, your your grain and livestock producers. If you're making cheese, again, cool. You're 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 right there. Um, but it's good for us to have this agreement. The trilateral agreement is a good thing. Multi-party trade agreements can be very good. And NAFTA, now the USMCA, is very good for South Dakota. 
So in the end, did Trump's bombast get us anywhere? I don't think so. It got us back to where we were with some modifications. And to me, you can do those things uh, a lot more congenially without, you know, scorching the earth behind you. Because in the end, I don't think the bombast and scorched earth changed economic reality. Ultimately, people are not going to do things that are not in the best interest of them and their people just because you yell at them. And those are our best trading partners. So having that agreement signed, sealed, and delivered is good. And if, if the president wants to take all the credit for that, that's cool with me. I, I don't got any problem with that. But I want us to understand that in the end, the broader philosophical issues here have not changed. Free trade is good for South Dakota. Expanding that beyond Canada and Mexico is of paramount importance to the economy of our state. Resolving our differences with China and the European Union and countries all over the world is a huge next step. And we aren't, with those countries, we aren't starting from a place of mutual interest, right? Not like we were with Canada and Mexico. Now, this deal still has to go through Congress. I imagine it'll go through. I would, wouldn't see why it would not. Um, but I, I just want us to keep a, a little bit of perspective on what actually happened here. It's not a revolution in trade. It is not a victory for tariffs, as the president claims. It is a victory for free trade. And negotiating deals under the rubric of free trade and not laying waste to the infrastructure that we have built over these years to make sure we are as prosperous as we can be. That's the bottom line on today's P&L statement. You can agree or disagree with me. Patrick at KSOO.com is my email. I would just go ahead and use that. That works pretty well. You can shoot us a message on Twitter. Always cool, at P. Lally Show. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat with the common man on Weird Friends. We'll hit a little Joe Maurer. We'll hit a little bit of, uh, you know, wearing shorts. <laughs> That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. From a cattle drive up north, the ropes of the gallows was swinging in the breeze. All the wanted posters had pictures of me. I got Michael. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we're joined on the phone today. It's Monday and it's Weird Friends time, so that means it's time for the common man. Mr. Common, how you holding on? I'm, it's Monday, my, my words are just blah, blah, blah. How you holding on today, man? Um, I'm, I'm just by the end of the rope. By golly, <laughs> shimmying my way up. <laughs> well, that's all you can ask. You still got the end of the rope. I, I've, I've tied a knot, and I'm, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> that's cool. Hey, uh, I assume, given your status as a lifelong Twins fan and, uh, you know, holder of all the uh, Twins knowledge mm-hmm. from the Patrick Lally Show, that you did watch the uh, what probably is Joe Maurer's last game. I did, and, I, and I, it seems like it's it's funny that they're being so coy about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, the Twins aren't being coy about it, I mean, and, and apparently Joe isn't being all that coy about it. But you know, all the times, well, Joe, is this your last game? Well, I'm going to take some time and think about it. Well, uh... <laughs> what was that then? <laughs> what, what, what did we just do over here? Yeah, the one pitch. <laughs> Yeah, was that really just a strategy move? I I don't think so. Yeah, I, and you know, you ask the White Sox to do all that stuff, and then uh, all of a sudden you're back next year beating their brains in again. I don't think that's going to go over too well. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but it was it, it was. I mean, it was just like uh, after it was, it was gotten to be like sort of like uh, uh, 
a bad movie, a bad baseball movie, like when, like what was that, Little Big League or whatever, mm-hmm. or when the kid gets to manage the Twins. Yeah, you know, he's, right. he's twelve and he he knows more about baseball than most adult people. You know, because all of a sudden, you know, Joe's. I, I thought for a second there they're going to bring out his T-ball coach, <laughs> and, and the, the White Sox signed him for the day, and he was going to throw one into Joe for for his last at bat or something. Yeah, it, it was, and, and it was great, and uh, no one uh, deserves uh, that sort of send off more than Joe Maurer. Is just I don't know. He and Derek Jeter went to the went to that class somewhere where he went through an entire fifteen year career without. Anybody saying one bad word about you know Jeter just and played in New York mm-hmm. and somehow managed through no controversies, no nothing, just hey let's go out and we're going to play try to do our best today, roll out the list of cliches and everything's fine. And Joe is you know he's 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 out of like a out of a Jack Armstrong book you know it's just everything you'd ever want as the face of your franchise. Uh, and so that kind of I thought that was it was really nicely done by the Twins. They obviously put a lot of thought into it, but Joe, uh, in case you don't know, you're retired. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, by the way, you ain't coming back here. Yeah. Uh, well, and nobody's going to pay him that kind of money. No. Uh, he just doesn't, he doesn't have that, that ability anymore. He's, he's a nice, he's a nice player, you know, but it's, it's like if you, if you had a job and you're good at it and all of a sudden that you're, you were making uh, well, let's say you're making $23 million a year mm-hmm. doing that job. And they said, Patrick, you know what? Uh, that was fun. How about five? Yeah. You would have a hard time telling yourself, you know, uh, I'm working for for that. Yeah. And I could be, I could do that uh, doing Super America ads or whatever, you know. And, and so the, the 162 days out of 100 every year to go play baseball, at a reduced capacity and then in a more limited role, I don't know. I think for me, that I mean, Joe's. I think he's done. It doesn't. It just. There's no spot for him anymore. Even if he can hit 300. Well, he could. He could. He could. DH. You know, he could probably be DH about 80 games and probably spot. Um, I think it's Austin Shields. I think his name is. is mm-hmm. he, he could probably spot him at first base 40, 40 games a year. So you know, it's and he'd get about end up getting about three hundred fifty at bats or so, but that's and that's pretty good. But uh, I don't know, was he? If, if you get to the point where you're a mascot after a while, and so that, yeah. I don't think that really appeals to Joe. No, and if he if he can, you know, take in, and this is the hard thing when you're a professional athlete to take yourself out of the game for a minute, you know, and see that from somebody else's perspective, you see the beauty of it. You know, and it's such a great moment uh, coming back in some measure just spoils it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, what are you going to do to top that? You know, in, in a sense, I kind of like the old, in, in the older days when, you know, they, they didn't, every, every team didn't give everybody a, a, a gift and all that stuff. And if he was trying to, you know, avoid that, that's great. And just be able to say goodbye to the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, but the old sort of, you know, tip your cap at the end of the day, walk off into the sunset, that has a certain romanticism to it. But you know, at the end of this thing, I was frankly shocked that he just didn't. At the end of the game, he didn't stand at home plate and wasn't, uh, you know, didn't d- ascend into the heavens <laughs> afterwards. You know, it, it would, I was like, well, wait, wait a minute, where's the, you know, where are the angels? You know, mm-hmm. just, like Starman. Yeah, just you know, uh, <laughs> it's like, thank it was you. close thank though. You. Thank you, people of Earth. Yeah, it was close. So he got he came out and. W- and took one pitch right at the beginning of the bo- of the top of the ninth mm-hmm. when the White Sox were, were so this was the the end of the game essentially was it the first hitter in the top of the ninth I yep. think it was and yep. then took one pitch got up walked into the dugout right yep that was it exactly went out to, had a meeting at the mound yep. and uh, Matt Belisle who's a, another guy who's thirty nine years old played mm-hmm. in the big leagues for he wanted to be Joe's the guy through Joe's la- last pitch that he caught. And they're, I think they're both on the way out the door. So that was that way of, of saying goodbye. But it was, I mean, to see Joe put the gear back on, I, I, I have to tell you that even my allergies were kicking up a little bit Aww. watching that. I, you know, I'm Irish and, and weird. So <laughs> I get, you know, I, I, you know, I cry when I, I just, just anything. Just a good hit. I can't even watch the <laughs> Lifetime channel anymore. 
So everything, I mean, it couldn't have been any, really, if you think about it. So his kids were, his two daughters came out there, you know. Oh, God. Can't be any cuter. Got the, you just can't make that any better. He, <laughs> he, he does all the things that he normally does, grounds out a couple of times, then doubles, you know, uh, opposite field double in his final at bat. The, the one, yeah, you just, you can't. You, you just can't come back. You just have to, you have to let that be. <laughs> I mean, Something very bad will happen to you if you try and screw with that karma. You know, and I always think about, and they said in Mickey Mantle's last year, uh, he was pitching and Denny McLean, you know, the Tigers ace, had his best, you know, 130 games in 1968. I think it was Mickey Mantle's last season. Last week of the season, Mickey's, Mickey's comes up, and Den- Denny McLean looked at him and says, here comes one right down the pipe. <laughs> yep. He fired one right down the middle, and, and Mickey still hit it 10 miles, even in his dilapidated state. He says, you're dang, dang right. He deserved it, and I was glad to do it. <laughs> yeah, he did. He just grooved it for him, didn't he? Yep. Right down the pipe, Mickey did what Mickey does, yep. and we all went home happy. <laughs> See, and now, this is people have to remember this, though, right? This is This is how you get remembered, right? Otherwise, you never remember that moment you never remember that picture he wasn't that good right yeah now he's now he's enshrined in history because he was a decent human being that's right and that's uh and that's uh al downing is the guy who gave up hank aaron's i think he gave up his his 715th as the guy for the dodgers and i would not know al's name no he didn't do that so it's a it's a pretty cool thing it's it's like one of those is it respectful of the game eh you know, <laughs> neither of those teams were going anywhere. Uh, no, not doing anything. So I don't. I'm not so sure that Manaya. That was actually a pretty good pitch that Joe hit, but I don't think he was grooved. But uh, no, I often no, no. think of that when the people get in those situations. You know, it's somebody's last All Star game, somebody's last this or that. Mm-hmm. You know, it would, oh geez, I guess I missed over the middle there. Sorry. Yeah, it's impressive that uh, though that he a pitcher could say I'm going to groove this, and then Mick just bam. You know. It, it's still got to work. It's still magic. He still has to hit it. Yeah, and you and I would, wouldn't, wouldn't have a chance. But Mickey Mantle, is, you, know, you still throw Mickey a fastball, it's going to happen. And, and I think that's what Joe showed. Yep. And then the ability at, at, at his age, after caught for so many years, to leg out the double. And, and then, of course, they nearly blew it. <laughs> they almost got the game tied up. Oh. after after Because that guy hit a double, and yep. he's standing on second, nobody out. That would have been bad. But I think that... I think the, uh, the White Sox had their golf clubs packed up, and they were like, "Oh God, you know what you want to do is go into extra innings." Yeah, when no. you're 400 games back in the standings, and in my my plane tickets, leave it in two hours. <laughs> no, no extra innings. Good job, Joe. Yeah, we're going to come right back and talk more with the common man on the Patrick Lally Show right after this. This is the Patrick Lally Show again on Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty, four. Oh, man, I'm in the wrong hour. I it's three forty nine on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSO. I've been on the road, common man. I've been you know I've been putting in my miles, so my brain's a little dulled by the uh, travel. But uh, hey, uh, so baseball's over. Well, playoffs, playoffs. Today is the big uh, the the one game playoffs, the hundred sixty third game of the season in two divisions, which is kind of crazy. But uh, we move now to football in the crisp, chilled air of fall. I got to tell you, I'm, it's cold out there. It's cold today. I saw my breath today. It's oh, not good. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's when, the, when depression sets in. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, because you, you, you have a work day, and you're like, oh, okay. You know what I'm going to do? After, I get, after work today, I'm going to go outside. And I'm gonna, you know, wash the car or do something. And then you wash out, walk out there, and you go, <laughs> and, and, and you go, my God, it's 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 one one thing is too dark. Yeah, you know, you remember you, you, all that stuff you could do for a couple months after work. Yeah, now you realize, oh, you know what? Mm. Uh, no, I can't, can't do that. I, I can't see to do. I can't do all my little fun chores I used to do in the backyard. I still try and abide by the Tommy rule, which is 
uh, our old friend Tommy, which is uh, uh, no, I will not give up my shorts till November. Absolutely, and and, and uh, it, that's that's a fact. It's, it's such a it's such a long time you know, when you just <laughs> when you just have to wear pants all the time. It's, yeah. it's it's like being in a submarine, you know, before they go under for you know six weeks to get the guys up on deck and they just go <laughs> you know and they take great big gulps of fresh air just to try to remember it and it's like okay batten down the hatches we got to go under for the next five months with pants and itchy legs and static clinging your clothes yeah you know um you here's i don't i hesitate to even say this but you know the best way to fight the static cling in the pants tell me shave your legs Oh dear God! <laughs> uh, you know that's uh, you know uh, <laughs> I could I can just uh, you know that'll be you know uh, my 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 twenty one year old son will come home and there I'll be with the nair on my leg. <laughs> no, Dad, you don't use the nair or <laughs> whatever, or whatever. You just shave them. Well, my, right now I would need about I need a weed whacker. <laughs> Maybe a, a pole saw. <laughs> I don't does, know, that, that's that, that sort of, of manscaping doesn't doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> I, mm, gee whiz! That's one of the great advantages of leg shaving is the the getting rid of that feeling of the all the hair on your legs standing straight up and sticking to your pants. It there is nothing worse than that. <laughs> yeah, you could power a small midwestern community. <laughs> less static electricity i i there were days where i'd walk around the office like trying to find somebody you know I'd, anybody got any hand lotion and it's like what <laughs> i i have i have to put lotion on my legs or i'm gonna lose it because of this the the i that's when i shave my legs and i did it for athletic reasons people all right, right sure let's <laughs> Not for the review. Not for the review. <laughs> and that has been a blessing. I, I, I highly recommend that aspect of it. So, uh, but, so give me some tips on proper maintenance. How often do you have to do that to, to, to maintain? Because then if it gets, you know, you get that stubbly stuff, yeah, then you're in trouble there. I'm lucky. Uh, I, I, I Like you, I'm of Northern European descent, descent, Irish and Dutch. And we just, we are people that do not grow a lot of hair. And so... <laughs> It's twice a week is, is actually on my legs probably once a week, but my head usually twice a week. I don't have much hair left. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Without yeah, going I mean, into too much detail here. Yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of moving towards, you look sort of like a, an upright dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But I still am wearing shorts, damn it. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you just gotta, you gotta hang out, and that's like I walked around the neighborhood with with the dog the other day, and there's the neighbor girl's got, she's got her coat on, a hat. Mm-hmm. I, go, I looked at her, and I pointed at her from across the way, I said, "Don't you dare give in. <laughs> you go coat now. What are you gonna do in two weeks? That's right. What are you gonna do in three weeks? I will wear, I will wear a down coat, a stocking cap, everything, but I'm still gonna wear shorts. <laughs> Somehow that seems makes it, you know, you're, you're just rebelling, and that's, that's which right. is good. And frankly, uh, you know, the pants don't really help that much. You're, you know, no. They're not keeping you that warm. You, let's be serious. Uh, common man, thanks a lot for, the, uh, for, for brightening up my day. Yeah, and thanks for putting that picture in my mind. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thanks, Patrick. See ya. Coming up after the break on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to chat with Phil Shrek of KSFY for the weather, and then we've got uh, a couple guys in here from Full Circle Book Co-op. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with guitar! 3.58 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up on Friday, October 5th, 6.30 to 9.30 at C.J. Calloway's. It's the Sertoma Beer Fest. Enjoy featured beers from Sam Adams and local breweries along with light appetizers. There will also be auction items up for bid. Tickets are 40 bucks and support the Sioux Falls New Sertoma Mission to help with hearing and speech impairments. Good event coming up on Friday. Coming up after the news, it's the weather with Phil Shrek. 
KSFY Severe Weather Center. We'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show Information 1000 KSOL. Four fourteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and we are here with a couple guys who I am uh, very excited to have uh, back on the show, and I'm uh, very impressed with what they are trying to pull off and have pulled off. Jason Kurtz and Sean Lidster, they are of the Full Circle Book Co-op. Uh, gentlemen, thanks very much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, so the the really cool thing that I that uh, that you're doing here, and and we've been talking about this for a while, is you are going to open uh, the Full Circle Book Co-op uh, downtown, and uh, you guys have been talking about this concept for a long time, uh, and it's going to be. I mean, how what's the short description of uh, of what your establishment's going to be? It's uh, going to be a bookstore, beer and wine bar, and event space, essentially. We're also going to serve, of course, coffee and light food and things like that. But mm-hmm. our goal is for it to be kind of a the creative hub of downtown. So, Yeah, yeah. that sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. We've, uh, we know a lot of people in the scene downtown, and we've been working with them for the last two years. And uh, one thing that really stood out is that there's not one collective space to, for everyone to hang out. So we thought we would try and create that. And uh, th- so you got together. But I think it's kind of interesting because um, you guys uh, uh, sort of were on parallel paths in slightly different genres. Um, uh, Jason, you've got, uh, you started South Dakota Rights, mm-hmm. which is uh, essentially a nonprofit f- to support authors, right? I mean, Correct. And, and Sean, you were in Poetry and Spoken Word. That's right. And so how did this, how did your guys' lines cross here? Tell us that story. Um, when I first met Jason, uh, it was our very first roundtable uh, as the Block Collective, and he turned up to that, and immediately afterwards, uh, we started to chat and noticed that we were, we were working together on very similar things. Um, and ever since then, I don't think there's been a week where we haven't seen each other or hang out, hung out, um, and that's obviously grown a lot more in the last year and a half, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the start of it, and they just a lot of the same people come to the each of our events, and but you know they're both independent of each other. But it, yeah, and so the Block Collective still going, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And explain what the Block Collective is. The Block Collective is a nonprofit in service to the spoken word. So we uh, we host events and classes from you know poetry events, independent theater. Uh, we've had like classes where you you know how to perform more vocally on stage and how to, you know, be more emphatic, that kind of stuff. So, so we, we are, that's, that's kind of what we've been doing the last, last two years, really. And how's that going? It's going good. Yeah. Um, we've, we've, we've been holding our beer and poetry nights for, for every month from the first Saturday of each month for the last year, and they've been growing in size each time. We're up to about 55 people average now. So for a Saturday night poetry in, in Sioux Falls, I think that's, it's pretty good. It's pretty, and where do you have those now? Uh, right now we're having them in Monks. Yeah. Uh, this, and this, this, on uh, the first Saturday of October, we'll have it in Monks. And that, that'll be the last one there for a while. Bye-bye, Monks. No, you, no Monks are good people. They've been very good to us, very, very accommodating, and can't speak, can't speak highly enough of them. And, uh, and how do I find out about the Block Collective if I uh, want to hook up with that? Co is the website, or um, the more active a way to do it is through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's B-L-O-T, The Blot. That's correct, like Blot. Yeah, awesome. And uh, South Dakota Rights, supporting authors, also a great story, uh, independent of its own. Um, and tell people about what, what South Dakota Rights is, Jason. Well, in about April of 2016, Sean and I, during virtually the same week, pretty much, uh, got tired of not knowing where the scene was in town. And so we started... Um, our independent things. And so I started a statewide organization where we have chapters in Rapid City, Watertown, Pier, Brookings, Sioux Falls. Uh, and basically we get together and we do classes. We do critique sessions uh, down at the library. We do um, uh, the writer's happy hour the third Monday of every month at Monks as well. And 
of course, the other chapters are out in the world, but mm-hmm. basically it's a support for people who want to learn to write, who do write, who have published their own novels independently. And uh, we won the Sioux Falls um, Arts Council's Forward Arts Award in mm-hmm. March because of the work we've been doing. And um, we've held, between Sean and I, I think we calculated over 250 events in the last two years across oh, the state and here in Sioux Falls. And it's just, it's a drag to try to find a spot every time. And mm-hmm. they just had a cancellation on their last one that they had to scramble to get one. And now we're going to have our own place to have everything all in one spot. So. Yeah, and that really tells a story. Um, but the, the South Dakota Rights, you have now many uh, folks who have actually published novels uh, of various sorts. Tell us, give us some sense of uh, your numbers these days. Well, we have, uh, let's see, we have about 570 active authors in our Facebook group. And we have... Um, what we call author membership, where we try to help them provide uh, marketing. And we do uh, an example. We had a local author book fair in January, which is, you know, the coldest month of South Dakota. Mm -hmm. We had 33 authors from the region come to our local author book fair in the Western Mall and had about 750 people walk through there. And um, we have, I can't even, I think we probably have 75 or 100 published authors that I'm aware of. And each one of them usually have more than one book as well. Mm-hmm. And I know there's, I mean, that's just a number off the top of my head. I'm sure there are more. And as soon as we put out a call for, because we're going to sell independent author books in our store as mm-hmm. well. And so we'll have the largest collection of independently published books in the region when we get the store open. So, And we probably should tell people where it is. It's, we just keep saying downtown, but it's on, uh, it's right on uh, 10th Street. Yeah, it's uh, 123 10, West 10th Street, the former uh, Hydra Brew Pub. Yeah, so. and uh, where you're going to be next door to the Axe Throwers. Yep, next door uh, to Escape 605. <laughs> Escape 605, yep. where they're going to have the Axe Throwing, yep. which will be an attraction in and of itself. But not related to reading books or writing books. <laughs> no, nope, we hope to. <laughs> there's going to be a fun little alley going there between you know Pave and us and and uh, the axe throwing. It's going to be great. So. And so th- you can see how you guys had this sort of weird independent synergy going that you didn't even know about. So you bring it together, and it's it's kind of greater than the sum of its parts. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's the hope. That's definitely the hope that you know all of the work over the last two two and a half years. Uh, to culminate now in this downtown location. And it's, I think people are surprised and in some measure may not believe it when you say you have, you know, a hundred people who have uh, published books or you've got 55 people showing up to uh, do spoken word poetry and, and, and essentially theater. Um, Are you surprised at all the degree to which people have uh, been attracted to what you're doing? Uh, Yeah. Uh, surprised in a very, very good way. Um, the community, uh, the community has been outstanding in the other things as well. Because we're a we're a donation based um, bookseller, so we rely on donations. We've been do- uh, given twenty five thousand books in the last year and a half, so or last year or so, um, and just and just like the outpouring of, uh, and everybody just thinks it's going to be great. Yeah, which is great for us because, you know, sometimes you might lose that little bit of the confidence in what you're doing or something, but mm-hmm. when it just gets kicked straight back to you then when, when you speak to people. And we, we're running a Kickstarter right now, which uh, it's uh, 60% for, uh, 60%, right? Yep. And we're, over, we're not even halfway through that Kickstarter yet, and we're at 60 so it's... Uh, yeah, it's been very, it's very humbling. So now you've been doing, we haven't even talked about that, you've been doing uh, book drives, mm-hmm. essentially, for what, over a year. Yeah, right? last uh, last June was our first one, and uh, my garage was virtually empty, and now my garage, I have a two-stall extended garage, is completely full. We have a storage unit that's full. We have my spare bedroom and my living room, and we're kind of bursting at the seams at this point. And, um, you know, we love... It isn't just writing and poetry either. I mean, we, lo- we love to support the arts in general. And so um, Jam Arts and Supplies has been a great supporter of us downtown. And and uh, I I know there's going to be some organizations that we're, we're missing, but the Sioux Falls Arts Council has been supportive of us. And, and uh, just, um, you know, we were just at Supercon all weekend, and we love those guys out there and, and what they're doing. And, and uh, it's just fun to get into that part of the community and see – I mean, if we're really going to do a creative hub, our, we already have our first 
uh, a first outside gig booked for November 15th, and that's Monstrous Little Theater Company is going to come and do something in the shop already, and that's, you know, 13 days after we're open, and I'm sure there are going to be more as we fill. So <laughs> Yeah, and now this space, if people haven't been in it, it's it's essentially like two storefronts mm-hmm. with a wall down the middle. Mm-hmm. So you'll have like a, a performance space on one side yep. and and a, like a retail space on the other. Yep. And I then, suppose at some measure it's all retail space. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it'll kind of blend together. But yes, the the one side is going to probably be focused more on the event side. But um, and then the the bookstore and the the bar and the coffee and the stuff will be on the other side. So yeah. Um, uh, it opens November 2nd is your grand opening. Correct. Um, what are the plans for the big day? You don't know yet. <laughs> you're just going to turn the key? Is that, that's the plan. We, uh, we're working on some stuff. Uh, we have a weekend planned more than just a night. Um, the opening night, we're hoping to just, you know, get some music going on and just, just be there to greet people and, uh, tell people what the, the the project is, and we have an art show opening. The We're gonna have show. an art. Oh, yeah. it's, cool. it's first Friday, so we have someone that's gonna hang art and have their open their opening for the first three weeks of the of November, and then yeah, then the Saturday night we'll be hosting uh, the first beer and poetry night that we have Perfect. down there, and then on the Sunday it's the beginning of NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. Yep, and we have knows. and we have write-ins. Uh, the South Dakota Rights folks will be coming in there, and and we we'll have a little boardroom in there as well, so there'll be space for everyone to get their laptops out and get cracking mm-hmm. on their their goals for the month of November to try to get a novel done. So it's amazing how many people have uh, have taken up independent publishing, and and that's what you're talking about here, independent mm-hmm. book publishers. The technology is such, but you still have to write. The yes, words. you still have to have the butt in the seat. That's correct. <laughs> and if you're going to write a novel, you've got to get to, you know, what, 10,000 words? Is that No, I'm no more than that, 100,000 100,000, yeah. 100,000 words. Uh, that's a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you think, even if somebody reads it and doesn't connect with it, right, mm-hmm. you have still accomplished writing some sort of story with 100,000 <laughs> words. <laughs> that in and of itself is a great accomplishment, right? Yep, absolutely. So you'll be, you guys are there to celebrate them and support them. Absolutely. Cool. Um, we're going to come right back after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, and we're going to chat more about writing and poetry and, and, and culture and connecting with your community in this really cool new space, the Full Circle Book Co-op with Jason Kurtz and Sean Lidster. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and we are here with Jason Kurtz and Sean Lidster, and these guys have pulled off what I think is a pretty amazing feat. They're opening the Full Circle Book Co-op on November second on West Tenth Street, just up from Phillips Avenue in what is now the Hydra Beer Hall, and uh, it's going to be cool. Um, so, tell, explain to folks what the experience is going to be. So you, you, you get over there, you, you swing the door wide. I'm here. What happens? Well, hopefully uh, there'll be a big rack of books in your face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going to open the door into the bookshop and then uh, through the stacks, there'll be someone at the end of the hall there at the counter. And then um, when you get into the back area of the front stall, there'll be a, a bar and some high top tables and things like that where people can have coffee or they can have food or whatever. And then through the side door into the other stall of the, the other half, there is going to be an event space with uh, a, a nice, uh, you know, comfortable area for people to sit and write or sit and eat their food or whatever and kind of lounge. And then um, and that's kind of a Saturday experience, I guess, because uh, in the evenings during the week and on the weekend, uh, the uh, the one side will be events going on, hopefully, as much as we can. So there, hopefully there will be always something different and fun to come see um, in the shop. So, so what kind of events, Sean? What I mean, what are we talking about here? Well, uh, we've we'll kick it off with some poetry. We'll be doing poetry open mics. We'll also be doing, uh, like I said, we're working with a lot of different uh, companies in town to to come up with some ideas. We're talking like independent theater, independent cinema, uh, comedy nights, comedy nights, live jazz. Yeah, um, 
So, any, you know, that, that kind of thing. And in the background of the whole thing, though, is books, right? Absolutely. And you touched on this earlier. Um, you've got kind of two sources of books. One, you've got thousands and thousands of books that have been donated to your cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, the so it's essentially a used bookstore. Yes, but then you've got this other side, which is the supporting local artists, independent publishers. Um, tell us a little bit about how that's going to work. Well, uh, we're going to be putting out a call to uh, local authors, and basically they will uh, send us copies of their book, and when they sell off the shelf, we will cut them a check. And so it's a cooperative in the idea that um, anyone can shop there, but that it's a community supported. So people from the community have given us books, writers from the community have given us their, well, not given us, but they've supplied us with mm-hmm. their uh, independent copy. And artists have supplied us with their work so that we can display it and put it on the wall. And then in return, we provide uh, inexpensive or free, depending on nonprofits and whether it's a pay event or whatever, but inexpensive uh, availability for events in the downtown area that people want to come see. And you, uh, the actual co-op, while it's called a co-op, the, the structure, the business, for-profit, non-profit, what is the structure here? The structure is for-profit. Mm-hmm. However, we're a socially-minded company, and our intent for building this in the first place was to recycle the, the money that, you know, that we were spending on event space and that we were spending on catering and, and the logistics of it and everything. If we can centralize that, which is what we think we've done, then all of that excess expenditure goes right back into the organizations that we're trying to build because if you if you have to rent a space for two hundred dollars and you take in eighty dollars at the door and you have to pay your speaker fifty dollars mm-hmm. you make thirty and had there's no way to build the community when you can't afford to continue to have events and that's kind of one of the things that we were struggling with with our um, with our nonprofits and over the course of the two years we found some wonderful places that have allowed to do us things mm-hmm. regularly like monks and like the library but the library doesn't allow you to charge a ticket price mm-hmm. for um, a class, and so if you have to pay a speaker to come in and teach a class, you can't. You can't do that. You can't so, recoup your costs. Exactly. Uh, the uh, did you ever think that this just wasn't going to happen? You've been working on this for well over a year and looking for space and all the 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 sort of trials and tribulations that go with trying to find essentially retail space Mm -hmm. um just from talking to you over this period of time i know you've looked at a lot of different spots Uh, did you were there times where you just thought you know this ain't gonna happen uh there were times where where we were definitely stretched and we run into a lot of road bumps um but we were just persistent and when we weren't when we weren't able to find the shop straight away we worked on uh trying to publish our own uh little chat books and that kind of stuff, which we're still in, still in the process of doing so, uh, held different events and, you know, that kind of thing. So we, we kept it going. And I think that, you know, having that, that year of, uh, of looking not only taught us a lot about what we, you know, what we wanted to do um, and a lot about how business runs in, in the city and all this kind of thing, but it helped us grow the community uh, to a point where I think it needed to be before we could open. So it all worked out for the best. Yeah, were there ever, do you look back now and say, we were very close to pulling the trigger on that. I'm glad we didn't do it. Well, that's kind of been one of the passions. I mean, this is what we're building is a place where Sean and I want to be all Mm -hmm. the time. And so it's kind of hard to say, well, I don't really want to do that anymore. I don't want to be that anymore. And Mm -hmm. so we, as we were looking for a spot, I think we've looked at over 50 locations probably and and had our sights set on probably about seven over the course of the last year and a half. And every time we'd hit a roadblock or something would happen, we'd be like, all right, well, we'd dust ourselves off after about a week, and we'd say, what are we going to do now? And so we started our very first pop-up sale this summer. We went to Pride, and we, we tabled out at Pride, which was great, and we met a lot of supporters. The Pride uh, Festival. Yeah, the Pride yeah. Festival yeah. Yep, here in town. And we met a lot of uh, supporters there, and we worked with um, uh, Boy Scout Troop, help us, helped us do one of our book drives in the – the eighth grade over at Harrisburg High School has been helping us organize books because they needed some volunteer hours. And um, we we actually pick up books. So when folks are downsizing their homes and going into the senior living or something, mm-hmm. they call us and we go to their, their house auction and we help them clean out what's left. And, I mean, we, do, 
we have a whole house full of strange things that are not books because they were just, <laughs> can you please take this so the house is empty? And we're yeah. like, yeah, put it in the van, you know, whatever. Yeah. Decor. So, it's decor yes, now for your it'll, shop. It'll, it'll be used somehow. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. But. There's a price tag on everything. Yeah. So, so I mean, just we pick were, it up. Yeah, absolutely. And we were keeping busy, even if we weren't, you know what I mean? When we hit these roadblocks, it's like, all right, well, what's the next thing? What can we do to keep ourselves excited and energized? And, and part of that was the community that we were dealing with. So, And you're still looking. Uh, if somebody wants to help out right now, they can come and help you out, right? Absolutely. We're going to be putting up some uh, notifications on our Facebook page about when and where those opportunities are going to be here because we're going to have a move-in day coming up. And, I mean, we have 25,000 books carry, to move. If you want to <laughs> carry box after box of books... Jason Kurtz and Sean Lister would like to talk with you, please. Strong back required. Is there anything better than carrying boxes and boxes of books? We have done our share. Oh my gosh! Good exercise as well. Yeah. Well, you're a you're a young man. Uh, Are you sleeping at all? I mean, is it is it really getting stressful at this point? Um, I've been strangely calm about the whole thing. I'm sure as the, these next few days go on, I'll be losing more and more sleep. Um, and then when we open, there'll be no sleep. No, I'm still going to be working full time. And then what are the hours, by the way? Uh, opening hours for, for the winter, we think will be 4 o'clock until 10 o'clock weekdays. Mm-hmm. And then all day, Saturday and Sunday okay. until close because we, you know, you have events Saturday yep. night, so we'll probably be open until two o'clock on a Saturday, and maybe Friday too. Just kind of depends. I mean, because we're you know in, in the evenings will be a beer bar as well. So I mean, depending on the on the demand, but I anticipate that we'll be open late on those nights, and then all day Sunday. And so it really is just going to be a place, uh, a warm and friendly place to hang out, uh, have something to eat or drink, um, chat, watch, read, what have you. Right. That is exactly what we want it to be. Yeah, I think it's uh, it becomes the responsibility of, of a business to, if you want to see an art, art scene grow in town, then the, the business has to afford the artist the ability to hone their craft, and that's what we're trying to do with low pricing, and, mm-hmm. you know, you can just come and hang out for hours, and, you know, <laughs> just do whatever, do your thing, yeah. with us. It'd be nice yeah. if you'd buy a cup of coffee. Yeah, please. But just at least something. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, the, it's called the Full Circle Book Co-op. And it's go open on November 2nd, which is a Friday. It's first Friday. It will be very cool downtown. You're going to want to hook up with that. It's right on 10th Street between Phillips and Main. Okay. Uh, and you guys also have a Kickstarter campaign because you're raising money. Absolutely. We've got a lot of startup costs for that. And we're only 12 days in and we're at 60% complete. So we're just, I mean, we're humbled on a daily basis at the outpouring of the community. And we, we'd love to get a, if, Now's the chance to hop on board because we have a special pre-launch party that um, you can partake in if you uh, want to contribute to the Kickstarter and you want to get in there before everybody else gets in there on the grand opening. So, how do I find all this information? Uh, Facebook. Yep, Facebook, um, on then Kickstarter. You can just search the Full Circle Book Co-op. It'll come right up. Uh, your best bet. Oh, we have an email sign up on our website, FullCircleBookCoop.com. But uh, Facebook is the most active of, of them all there. Okay. We're going to come right back and talk more with Jason Kurtz and Sean Lister of the Full Circle Book Co-op, something I'm very excited about, and I, I know the listeners of this show because they're all very well-read, very sophisticated people. <laughs> yes, I hope so. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, this is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four forty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and we continue to chat with Jason Kurtz and Sean Lidster. They are the driving force, the inspiration behind Full Circle Book Co-op, which opens November second on e- or West Tenth Street. Mm-hmm. What is the actual number? One two three West Tenth Street. One two three West Tenth Street. That's a perfect address, isn't it? I love that. <laughs> Uh, in the what is has been the Hydra Beer Hall up until now will now be a a place where people can come and uh, what's the what's the uh, a cultural hub is that a your creative phrase hub use? creative hub a creative hub for the creative people and the and the folks who just like to hang out with them uh, in Sioux Falls and I'm really excited about that um, I don't know which one of you guys wants to answer this question but why is this important you're talking about trying to give back trying to create the space uh why is it a big deal 
Well, essentially, we're trying to take the, the mystique of a secondhand, of a used bookstore to the next level. You go to a used bookstore, and the best thing about it is that you just spend hours there looking around, and you find something that you never knew you were interested in. But if we, what we want to do is just stretch that on so you'll find a person that you didn't know that you were ever needing to meet. And that might spark a relationship that, you know, just like myself and Jason here, that we met randomly one day, and now this is happening. This all came in from, uh, from my own standpoint because I was new in town and I didn't know anybody in the scene. And I reached out to one traveling poet and did a little work to, his name was Steve Roganbuck, did a little work to get a little coffee shop gig together and that started the Block Collective. That started this, my half of the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this, uh, the Full Circle Book Co-op will uh, demonstrate at some measure that there is a creative class uh, however nascent it may be, um, there are people out there who want to uh, share uh, their work, their ideas, just the space with other like-minded people. And that doesn't really exist so much any, today in Sioux Falls. Well, I think it's part of the, you know, the coffee house mystique is a little bit, but, you know, there's so many of them that maybe there's one writer at each one in town, but yeah. if there's 26 people writing individually at coffee houses. The one mm -hmm. thing we've discovered with our write-ins is that people like to just bring their laptops and sit across from someone else with their headphones on and write, and then they look up and, oh, there's other people that mm -hmm. do this as well. That's cool. Or with the poetry nights, I mean, the one thing that I love seeing now in the poetry nights is that you'll get someone who is shaking like a leaf because they've always wanted to do it, and they get up there and do it, and it was the very first time they've read any of their poetry mm -hmm. in public, and it's just... And then, of course, then we see them every week starting at, you know, every month after that because they love it. It's great. Yeah. And, and I think they're, they're everywhere. So. Well, that's really cool. And so, uh, again, if people want to contribute, they can still. And what, if you get in on the Kickstarter, you get a, like a preview night? Is that what you Yes, there's, there's a couple different levels. But the exciting one for me, anyway, is the one that we're going to do a pre-launch party on uh, at the end of the month where if you contribute then to a certain level, then you get invited to the special pre-launch party. So you get a preview about a week and a half ahead of everybody else. So that's kind of fun. So who's, are you you're classifying all these books? So, so have you been sorting them or do you have this monster sorting job ahead of you yet? We, we've been doing it slowly. Uh, we've, we curate the collection that we get delivered. Um, but there is still a monster. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a little bit of both. It's books. loosely labeled. Yeah, and people can still come and help you do all that, right? Absolutely. And we take book donations the whole rest of the month. We're, we're going to be taking book donations constantly forever. That's, yep. that's our model, of course. And we need volunteers, and we need some Kickstarter help, and we need people to show up. And uh, go to Facebook, go to Full Circle Book Co-op, and you'll find everything you need. Absolutely, right? yep. Well, uh, Jason Kurtz, Sean Lidster of the Full Circle Book Co-op. It opens November 2nd on West 10th Street in Sioux Falls, and uh, uh, I hope to be there. Um, and if not that night, very shortly thereafter. I'm really looking forward to it. Guys, thank you very much. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. We're going to come right back and tell you what's happening with the show tomorrow and uh, sort of the week ahead. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Interrupting all programs. 4.56 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I want to tell you guys about First Friday coming up this weekend. Always a fun day downtown. It is a special day of dining, shopping, entertainment, downtown Sioux Falls. Events include the Art and Wine Walk, Artists of the Black Hills at Rayfeld's Gallery, Trivia at Pave, and more. Free admission to the Kirby Science Discovery Center and Visual Arts Center. For more information on this or any other events, in the Swim Empire, see the listing we have at KSOA.com. I really am excited about this, uh, the book co-op. I think it's uh, a really uh, needed element of downtown. Uh, for many, many years, we had the bookshop, which was a uh, used bookstore, and it was really a great store. And uh, the, the folks around that finally retired, and nothing really took its place. Uh, this is doing that, and then layering on a whole new level of, of entertainment and, and cultural expression that I think is very important in our community. I, I, hope, I hope they do well, and I'm very supportive of their work and really amazed at some of the authors uh, that have developed from South Dakota Rights and the Block Collective. It's, it really is indicative of a community that's growing 
in a lot of different ways. And we should be we should be proud of that. We should encourage that. And that's part of what we do on this show. And I'm very happy to uh, give those guys a voice whenever I can. And we'll be trying to keep you up to date on events at the Full Circle Book Co-op as they start to trickle in. That's opening November 2nd. So mark your calendars for that. That's actually the next first Friday. So it's just around the corner. Tomorrow on the show, Pat Powers of DakotaWarCollege.com will be with us. The Boon Man is our weird friend of the day. We've got some other stuff we're putting together for you. That should be a good time. Whole week of shows this week. No baseball, no travel, no nothing. It's just me, three to five weekdays, hanging out with you people, trying to keep you informed and, uh, you know, reflecting back your community That's the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.